Welcome, everyone. This is Mia Ferroletto, publisher of New Observations magazine. Welcome to New Observations. Today, we have the honor to have Sev Tok back on our podcast. Um, Sev is the author of You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens and um, attended our conference in Wasta, South Dakota, and and was uh, a speaker there as well. So welcome to the show, Sev. Hi, Mia. It's a pleasure to be with you again, with you and your listeners. Thank you. Oh, it's it's our pleasure, and I'm very much looking forward to this um, conversation. Um, we had discussed the idea of talking about frequency and the ability to manifest, and I'm sure some other uh, topics will be woven in and out of this discussion as we move forward. But um, let's talk about frequency. Um, what are your thoughts on on what's happening uh, in terms of frequency for the planet and for all of us to raise our vibrations? Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely is a super special time right now uh, in terms of frequency. Uh, uh, all of us uh, around the world uh, um, might be feeling a little agitated or might be feeling a little off due to the the intense uh, vibration uh, all around the planet. Um, uh, before I get into that, uh, I would like to, if you don't mind, just say a little bit about your conference that took place uh, last July. Uh, oh, absolutely. A, Please do. As a speaker there, I had a very enjoyable time, not only as a speaker, but as an attendee, too. Uh, and this does fit into the topic of frequency, because where you had your conference in Wasta, South Dakota, was a gorgeous Place and the frequency there is is you can feel it, uh, you, and you don't even have to be all that sensitive, but you can feel the the energy of that place is just a little different than many parts of the United States, uh, South Dakota. I had never been there before, uh, and then we also went to Wyoming to Devil's Tower, and to have your conference in that energy really. Uh, adds to the effect that your conference creates within your attendees. There's a big difference between having, I call your conference a boutique conference because it's about 30 to 40 people, which makes it really magnificent. So to have a boutique conference like yours in the middle of that amazing energy in South Dakota compared to uh, uh, a conference in uh, Las Vegas, Completely different feeling, completely different feeling. Because where you had your conference, is the body acclimates to a higher frequency. And after you, we were there for a couple of days, uh, I could feel that I was buzzing. I could feel, I could hear it. And the other people that I was talking to, they could feel it too. So when you are exuding that higher frequency, you can then align with knowledge that also has a higher frequency. Because just like people and things and places, 
uh, ideas and knowledge and thoughts and information, they also have their own frequency. And so what you created for us was just marvelous in that you put us in a spot with high frequency. After our 24, 48 hours, we're all like buzzing like crazy, and then we can really... Yeah, the energy, and then the talks that your uh, other speakers gave, and just talking amongst all the attendees, everyone was so interesting and fascinating. It made uh, it was like we were more able to uh, process, understand uh, this higher level of information that you were presenting for us there. It was just excellent. I really Oh, I'm so happy to hear that, Seb. Thank yeah, you. I highly suggest people attend. I know you keep it to a small limit, and that is for a very beautiful reason. Uh, but if anyone is really interested in having a really amazing time, uh, unlike any other conference, uh, uh, and also we did see uh, craft UFOs, uh, and I think uh, last year was your third one or excuse me, this year was your third one. You saw, you've saw, seen a craft every year, right? Um, <clears throat> well, the first year in Vermont, interestingly enough, um, we were at the Vershire Riding School in um, Vershire, Vermont, and that property um, exists on a, on a whole crystal bed. Um, the the crystal formations at that farm are just extraordinary. And there's a massive megalith rock uh, in the field there that I think they call Devil's Rock that's been there for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years. And um, apparently Druidic uh, ceremonies took place there. And our last night there, we went out to, um, to stargaze. And uh, one of the owners of the farm uh, is actually a fire dancer, and he performed for us in the field. It was just mm. magical. Um, and I saw a massive craft, and one of our other attendees um, uh, saw a craft as well. Carol could see it, but everyone was not able able to see it. But the interesting thing about that farm is um, when we were we had put together the consciousness and contact issue of new observations magazine and on a saturday night i was sending out the pdf files to people all around the globe uh in fact and um one of the owners of the farm was out feeding the animals and while i was sending out the pdf uh in south dakota she was in Vermont feeding the animals and literally um, a craft and an orb showed up um, and was buzzing all around her. The, the orb was just buzzing all around her. And she immediately said to herself or got the message, I have to tell Mia. So as soon as she came into the house, she sent me this little video of what she was experiencing on the farm as I was sending the PDFs out. Mm. And for me, it was just a confirmation from the ETs. You know, we like the magazine. <laughs> We're happy with the issue. Um, it was pretty funny. Yeah, that's really cool. The other uh, fascinating aspect of your conference is that it's in Lakota territory. 
And so you gave us the, the privilege of meeting Chief Orville uh, personally, which was extraordinary to feel his energy. It's a really quiet power that he exudes. And also uh, when we met with Henry Red Cloud up at Bear Butte and the talk that he gave to us and the prayer that he did with us, uh, that is something that you just don't get at other conferences, or, or rarely do you get it at, at other conferences. And to be that close to a, a Lakota and to feel their vibe then raises your vibe, too. And uh, they just speak so eloquently. And it's just an honor to be in their presence, an honor to hear their uh, their, their songs and, the, and their prayers. So that was I, I that will never be uh I, I will never have that experience again anywhere else and so that lives in my heart it will be in my heart in my personal energetic matrix forever <laughs> and it's beautiful oh thank you Seb that's that's so wonderful to hear they the Lakota are extraordinary beings and yes. um to to have had the extraordinary privilege of getting to know them um has has been one of the key gifts in in my life and um to be involved with um Paul a looking horse and um and chief Orville in terms of this indigenous school that they're founding and um be able to to um join their board for the school and move the project forward and um and collaborate with them as well here at the Thunderheart Center for the Arts is just such a huge honor and joy for me um but you know that that is what i see in the future for Wasta we are really creating a center here for creativity and consciousness and collaborating um, with the Lakota and and the other tribes in the area um, is just a huge gift. Mm-hmm. Well, you've really accomplished a lot. Congratulations, and there's so much more to come. And I'm really eager to see how your Thunder Heart Center uh, turns out and when your uh, first students start to come in and study there. Yes, we're in uh, discussion with major um, institutions of higher learning around the country to come for college credit and um, do their art here and um, interact on Pine Ridge and uh, interact with with the land here. So uh, for undergraduate and graduate students, this is going to be a complete unique opportunity uh, at a at a pivotal point in their lives to be exposed to things that um, very few people get to be exposed to, and I am you know really excited um, to have the opportunity to to bring these things together. It's it's thrilling. Yes, it's part it of the new earth. <laughs> the new earth. It's yes. well, it's part of the new earth. The new understanding of of earth and sky and um, our relationship uh, to both. Yes, and also our relationship to the indigenous peoples 
and to uh, I personally believe that uh, our higher selves are craving uh, an atmosphere, a living atmosphere, mind and body of a higher frequency here on Earth, and that's what we're doing. We're in the we're in the midst of transforming the frequency. And in the beginning, it just feels really messy, it feels really dirty, it feels really confusing, because all of the ugliness, all the ugly things that we've been hiding are coming forth. And uh, it, it was with women and uh, with blacks, and uh, it has to come up with the indigenous and how we treat animals and children and pedophilia and all of that. It's all starting to come up uh, pretty much at the same time, and it is a lot to take in. It is a lot to step back and go, whoa, look at all this crap that we knew existed, but we've just been hiding, and just keep sweeping it under the rug, sweeping it under the rug. With a rug, there's, there's no room under the rug anymore. And so in order for us to collectively uh, transform to a higher frequency, uh, we have to face these ugly things that we've been ignoring. And I see the work that you're doing as as part of that transformative work with the, the indigenous. I, I know that you also do work with, with other groups, but the work that you do with the, the indi- indigenous peoples is really, uh, really so timely right now. Uh, it feels like maybe their time is coming again. Uh, at least I hope so. Um, <clears throat> they have held the spirit for the whole planet, all the indigenous people all over the world, and they have held humanity's spiritual lives. They have held the understanding of the connection to the earth um, and to uh, not only other dimensions, but the animals, all the other kingdoms, the animals, the minerals, the elemental realms, and we are now at a place where some of us are understanding that our um, salvation is only through working with everyone, with all of these kingdoms and with people of every color. Um, as Henry Red Cloud talked about at Bear Butte, um, discussing his great-great-grandfather, Chief, Chief Red, Red Cloud, um, who predicted the seventh generation, the coming of the seventh generation, which is really where we are at this moment in time when people of all colors come together for the good of each other and the good of the planet. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to have people come to the conference from as far away as Hawaii and um, you came from the Carolinas and Pennsylvania and New York and Canada you know, people were called. I truly believe that the people to attend, um, all three conferences now have been called to be there mm-hmm. and then take take the energy and what they've learned back to their communities and share it. Yes, and I have friends who were, attended uh, your, your second conference. Uh, they attended and they were also speakers. And they still talk about how it, it transformed them, and they're still in uh, the transformation of it. And so it, your conference is, you and I were talking earlier about, is conference really the right word? Well, I don't know. Maybe we can come up with another word uh, because it's beyond a conference. 
it's uh, it's this energetic healing transformation that you provide for us. It's beyond a conference. It's not that you go, you fly somewhere, you stay in a hotel, you listen to some famous people talk, and then you go back home. It's nothing like that. Yeah, it's definitely nothing like that. (laughs) No. I mean, we, what we were doing here that weekend um, was our own purification ritual, just like a Sundance, the extreme heat, um, and the fact that we were all come together um, was really a, pu- a purification for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And what what I found so interesting was the incredible healing work that went on within the group. People, you know, actively asked to do healing work on each other and we're, and we're doing that through prayer and meditation and, and sitting outside in group in groups at night, working together um, to make contact, but also to raise the vibrations of themselves and each other. Um, It was such a, collective of people who not only shared compassion for each other, but um, understood completely, we are our brother's keeper. We want uh, everyone's welfare to be looked after, which is, you know, really the goal where we all need to be um, in order for the planet to succeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we can uh, individually uh, work on ourselves to help make that happen. Uh, in order for collective transformation to happen, that results from individual transformation. And that's why I talk so much and teach and make videos and write about our personal frequency and how important it is to be aware that you even have a frequency and to know that you can tweak it and you can change your frequency. And as you change your personal frequency, your personal reality changes to go along with your personal frequency. And that's- well, hold that thought, Sev, because we're about to take our first commercial break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. So, Sev, continue um, with your thoughts on frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh so being aware that we even have a frequency is really the first step in increasing your frequency. Uh, why would you want to increase your frequency? What are the benefits to increasing your personal frequency? Well, when you are vibrating at a higher frequency, and the highest frequency that there is is love, uh, the higher that you vibrate, the, the more love you exude. Uh, the more love that you exude, the more you align with other beings that also exude love. And when you are surrounded by people who are loving and who have high frequencies, uh, you will then have better relationships, more fulfilling relationships, and you'll also make friends uh, with people who want to help you, people who are not jealous, people who want to collaborate, people who see you, see your heart, see uh, the, the love within you. And so when you're living amongst people like that, life is really quite enjoyable and fulfilling. When you're with people 
who want to help you, who are not jealous of you, who want to collaborate with you, uh, that is really important in, in your own personal manifestation because we all need help. Whatever it is you want to manifest, whether it's a car or a house or personal peace and everything in between, whatever it is, we all need help. And uh, the, the better the help, by, and by better help, I mean by people who have higher frequencies, the easier it is for you to manifest. I think that's absolutely true. We create, our, we create the friction in our own lives. We do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we share it. We spread it around. Yes. And then or we, we try to. And then we hang out with people who are also of a lower vibratory rate. And when you do that, your relationships are just unfulfilling, argumentative, there's a lot of discord, and you're just not happy. And it all comes from completely within you. So the first step, really, in raising your frequency is the awareness. Awareness is the number one step. Number two is then to take a look at your reality, look at your life. Who's in it? Where are you living? What are the conditions of your life? Uh, do you like it? Are you happy with the people in your life, your lover, your husband, your wife, your friends? Do you like where you're living? Do you, all of this needs to be looked at. Take a step back and look. Uh, because this is how you are going to read the frequency that you are exuding. If there's something you want to change, change your frequency, and then you will change that reality. And for some people, uh, this is kind of woo-woo talk, but frequency is science. Like, the the scientists and the whole scientific community knows that everything exudes an energy, everything exudes a frequency. That's not woo-woo, that's science. And the desire to align with a similar frequency, that's not woo-woo either, that's science. And as we uh, step on this path of, uh, increasing our frequency, which is done through self-introspection. Uh, some things can happen. There can be some, uh, well, there can be some side effects uh, because if you're going to be changing your frequency, it could very well get to the point where you're no longer vibing with your husband. You're no longer vibing with your best friend. You're no longer vibing with where you live. So uh, there is a warning with this work that you, as you're uh, doing the self-introspection, as you're raising your frequency, you also have to be prepared to make some major changes. And they could be scary, but they are very well worth it. I, I know that you know what that's like to make huge changes in your life. And uh, there, when it's done so that you can... Uh, uh, get more in alignment with uh, the people and the places and the situations around you. They're very well worth, uh, very well worth it. It can be very scary in the beginning to leave a relationship or to leave your house or to move to another town, but uh, this is is work that is not for uh, the weak or the meek. Uh, This is... This takes some guts. This takes some bravery. Uh, and we all have that inside of us. We're all brave inside of us. We just have to dig in deep, some of us more than others, to, to, to touch that brave spot. But we all have it. Oh, I agree with you uh, completely. We, we've all come in here with something specific uh, to do, a mission, uh, for lack of a better word. And 
we all have greatness inside of us if we are willing um, to own it. Um, you know, yes. some of us spend our whole lives avoiding our purpose. And, that's right. um, Due to but that's a choice. So I believe our purpose is just to love as much as possible. That's basically our ultimate purpose, and that includes ourselves. And that's where many of us get hung up, uh, because we're not really socially, uh, we're not socially trained to to love ourselves. We're really socially trained to do the opposite. And uh, through self-love is how you're going to raise your your frequency and how you're going to execute your purpose, so to speak. Um, our, our purpose is to love as much as possible, including ourselves. So how do we show love for ourselves? Well, by in engaging in hobbies that bring us pleasure, engaging in a career that gives us pleasure, engaging with people that give us pleasure, uh, music, food, art, all of that, uh, what gives us pleasure. And um, we are conditioned to think that well, if I love myself, I'm being an egomaniac or a narcissist, and that is not what we're talking about at all. It's the exact opposite. If you really are showing love for yourself, you don't, you can't be an egomaniac. You can't be a narcissist because you're you're operating from the platform of love. I think that's I think that's really true, Sev, and I I think the 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 more one is true to themselves and um, continuing on their own spiritual journey, the less bad behavior is even a possibility in one's own life. Because as your, as your frequency rises and your awareness rises, it becomes impossible for you to, act out of alignment with that Mm -hmm. and it takes a a a real discipline in order to live that life um i i think that's one of the traps of the new age movement um that that personally i believe was done deliberately so that we don't look under the carpet you know we just keep it on a certain superficial level and think magically things are just going to take care of themselves. Um, But that's not the case. Um, What I encourage people to do and what I did myself was to first take a good hard look at at who I am and the, the worst possible things I've ever done and to accept that I'm not an ax murderer. (laughs) You know, I mean, the worst thing, the worst things that I've, that I've done are so, um, uh, you know, they're the magnitude or, or, you know, what they actually are in reality compared to the possibilities, the endless possibilities in the world. Um, by doing that, you are allowing yourself you are taking yourself off the hook and you're accepting yourself and you're loving yourself and you're eliminating blame and guilt from your life, which are very important. Oh my gosh. Taking, letting yourself off the hook. That is such a good way to put it. 
because we let others off the hook and we give others second and third chances, but we just don't tend to do that to ourselves, which is so freaking mean to ourselves. Mean in ways we would never be to anybody else. Yeah, that's right. a really good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the desire um, to even uh, engage in self-introspection is not really something that can be forced upon anybody. It just has to come from within. Uh, why one person wants to do it over another, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, there are so many of us now who are seeing that the way that we've been living um, is just not uh, working out for us in a positive way. We want to see changes on so many different levels. Uh, So I'm not going to talk too much about the societal changes that are happening right now because there's so many and concentrate more on the individual. uh, Okay. Because the only thing that we can really handle or control to some extent is our own individual. uh, That is true. We are about to take our second break here, and we'll be right back with Sev Tok. Welcome back to the program. So, Sev, where where were you? You were uh, definitely on a roll. You are definitely (laughs) on a roll. (laughs) Please continue. uh, Saying that I wanted to concentrate more on the individual rather than uh, the societal issues right now. Uh, what can each of us do individually to help transform collectively? Uh, and so that's why uh, my focus really is on on energy. And I, I've been uh, talking about this topic for for many years, uh, over a decade. And uh, as I do uh, research in this field of energy or the personal energetic matrix, the aura, whatever you want to call it, I I came across an article at the U.S. National Library of Medicine at NIH. And uh, the article is called Biofield Science, and it's written by six uh, doctors, scientists, researchers, one of them being Deepak Chopra. And the article states in uh, scientific terms that there is evidence for the biofield. And I like the term biofield. It's an electromagnetic energy that surrounds us. And this article says that this biofield is a quantum information flow. So there's information in your biofield, and it is flowing through the many dimensions. There is information about you that is flowing through the many dimensions, information about others that is flowing that through us that we can pick up and receive, and we call these gut feelings or hunches and, and things like that. These are, uh, this, these are scientific um, uh, uh, processes that we sometimes have a, a difficult time finding words for. They're scientific because uh, they have a physical manifestation in the body. Like when you get a gut feeling or a, hun- a hunch, that is a physical feeling in your body, and you can feel it and you can identify it. And uh, this article states that this, uh, this biofield around us, this quantum information flow, as it's flowing back and forth and in and out, actually influences our own biological and chemical processes within the body. So we're not talking just mind and spirit. We're talking about physiology, the, the health of your body. 
So this, the reason of your frequency isn't just so you can be happier and more fulfilled, but it's also so that your body can begin to perform at a more optimum level. Very interesting. I, I think that's uh, completely true as well um, and clearly shows the mind-body-spirit connection. Yes, and brings into it the whole uh, quantum physics. Uh, in this article, they describe it as a quantum information flow. Uh, and uh, I just ask people, as they're just going about their day, just try and uh, remember that you're glowing and that you're radiating something. So what are you radiating? And you can control what you're radiating by what you're thinking, what you're thinking about yourself, what you're, what you're thinking about the world. And uh, sometimes what I like to do is, well, back in the day when we could go into a coffee shop, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would walk into a coffee shop and I would tell myself, okay, I'm going to glow extra. I'm just going to, the minute I walk into this coffee shop, I'm going to exude so much love that if you were looking at me from outer space, that you could see me glowing. And it's so interesting, the response that you get from other people when you do that. Uh, This isn't something that they can see coming out of you, but my gosh, they can feel it. And they interact with you more. And then when they look at you, they look in your eyes, and they're smiling. And we have such a profound effect on the people around us. It's the, uh, the Heart Math Institute uh, did a scientific study where they concluded that the energy of your heart affects the heart of the person uh, just a few feet from you. And you, you, you can actually change their heartbeat. Now, this is like a superpower. So oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we all know people that when we're around them, we feel really good and we feel really comfortable. And then we know people, when we're around them, we just feel agitated. And it really has nothing to say with, do with what's coming out of their mouths. What we're doing is we're feeling their energy. We're feeling their heart energy. We're feeling their heartbeat. We're feeling the frequency coming out of their bodies. But the power that we have to actually alter someone else's heart rate is amazing. And so this is why the awareness of this is so profound. You can really, really change in positive ways, transform positively. Just the people, just in your home, why don't you just start with your family, just start with the people in your home and your pets. This is everything that I'm saying also goes for your pets. And uh, it, it, I like to say that the mother... Usually it's the mother. It's not always the mother, but usually it's the mother. is like the, the spider in the middle of uh, this big spider web, which is the home. And, you know, in spider webs, you just touch one corner of it, and that, that, that electricity of that one little touch goes through the entire spider web and affects everything on that spider web. Well, I ask that you look at your home like that. Think of your home as that spider web, and you're that major spider in the middle, and you're really in charge of how everyone in your family is going to feel today. What's the energy going to be in your home today? How are your pets going to feel today? And if you just uh, pay attention to that throughout your day, you finally get to the point where you don't need to pay attention to it anymore. It's not something that's forced. It's just something that comes natural. Absolutely. Well, waking up in the morning and meditating to align yourself 
energetically with your intentions throughout the day and what you're going to be releasing um, throughout your day um, is such an important thing to do to align your frequency with your highest good and the highest good of everyone you come in contact with. Yes, yeah. And so it goes beyond the mind, too, because our frequency is also uh, uh, really um, affected by what we eat and the words that we use when we speak and the music that we listen to and the TV shows and the movies that we watch and the books that we read, all of it plays into it. It's not just your mind. So it's, I ask everyone, please pay attention to what are your favorite TV shows? I mean, if your favorite TV show is a zombie eating someone's brain, like, what do you think that energy is doing to you? Uh, let's not forget that I think we're something like 60, 65% water, our bodies are, and that sound waves uh, can change the uh, the the um, the chemical, or excuse me, not the chemical, but the uh, the um, atom structure of your cells. Sound waves can, and in fact, uh, there's a science called somatics. Uh, there's a simoscope where um, you can actually see sound. I, I know you're familiar with Dr. Emoto's water experiment. Uh, where, oh yeah. Yeah. So that that didn't have to do with sound. That had to do with uh, conscious intent. But uh, whether it's conscious intent or sound, sound waves, they they affect the cells in your body. That's why it's really important to pay attention to the music you're listening to because that music is altering the cells in your body. And that is going to have an effect on how healthy you are, how happy you are, how stressed out you are, how sick you are, how fulfilled you are. Sound is so important. And on my YouTube channel, Alien Spirit TV, I started a 10-part series called uh, 10 Ways to Activate Your Ascension. And it basically has to do with how you can increase your frequency. So I did part one, and it's called What Do You Hear? And it's all about sound and how important sound is to your mental and physical well-being. In fact, uh, the World Health Organization uh, in 2011, they, uh, I find this so interesting, they concluded that 3,000 heart disease deaths were due to excessive noise. Oh, that's very interesting. Not mm-hmm. surprising. Mm-hmm. <coughs> mm-hmm. So uh, be very careful where you live. A lot of us live in the cities. I lived in the city for, for decades, and I loved it. I don't live in the city now. Uh, and I can really see I can see the reflection of that within my body and my mind and my spirit. Uh, but if you are living in the city, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're doomed. But just pay attention to the the other sounds that you do have control of. For instance, uh, many of us wake up to a god-awful sound of an alarm clock. That is a horrible way to start your day. Some of us wake up to music, which is much better, but some of us wake up to and that is so alarming to your body. It puts your body in a fight-or-flight response. So automatically you're waking up like that, fight-or-flight. Uh, you were talking about waking up and, and meditating. I highly suggest if you're going to use an alarm clock, 
Um, you know you don't have to use an alarm clock, uh, but if you do use an alarm clock, to try and have the, the alarm to be as soothing as possible because that is really going to affect the rest of your day. So people wake up to this horrible alarm clock that um, agitates their system, and then they're in a hurry to get to work, and then they're in this horrible traffic with this horrible noise, and then they go to work, and then they're in this cubicle, and they're stressed out, and they come home, and they keep doing it over and over and over. So I'm asking you, if that is your reality, just to step back just for a minute and just ask yourself, which part of this formula that I have created called my life can I change, tweak, or alter so I'm not under this constant state of stress from noise and sound that so many of us are under? It's a very important thing to pay attention to. I know for myself, the sound of a vacuum cleaner and a lawnmower are two sounds that I have a, a lot of problem problems with. I just mm. hate hearing them and have my whole life since I was a small child. So um, it's, it's hmm. yeah, yeah, the sound of the engine of the vacuum cleaner. Do you um, listen to music throughout the day, Mia, or are you kind of a silence <clears throat> person? Um, I listen to music far less, but I find music fascinating, and I do use music um, to raise my frequency. I listen to um, the extraordinary singer Jesse Norman, who was such a gift to the planet. Um, she died a few years ago, and I was blessed to see her in person at Lincoln Center while I was living in Manhattan. Her voice is so extraordinary, and we have incredible recordings of her available on YouTube. Um, and interestingly enough, um, another thing that I listen to on a regular basis uh, or recording group uh, is the Beach Boys. Um, the the harmonies of the Beach Boys uh, immediately raises your frequency. Um, they they do, yeah. The most perfect harmonies, um, songs like "Don't Worry, Baby" or "God Only Knows." Um, they can elevate your your uh, vibration and frequencies, you know, in a moment. And um, it, it's fascinating to me that they came out in the '60s as they did, and they were so young when they started singing together. Uh, Brian Wilson is a musical genius, as we all know. Uh, even though he had he got into drugs and had emotional and psychological problems. And um, there's a huge connection between uh, schizophrenia and creativity. You know, the, the artist goes off into the netherworld and comes back and makes something out of it, whereas the schizophrenic gets lost out there. But in terms of... Um, reading the writings or looking at the art of schizophrenic people, which I've done extensively, I can tell you for sure that they're all having mystical experiences. 
Um, they're just not able to ground uh, through it. Um, oh, is the the drugs and drinking because of that? Not um, I think the drugs and the the drugs and the drinking. Um, the the drugs and the drinking are are looking for relief, but um, you know, a, as we know, uh, alcohol has a, a a very dark spirit attached to it, and so do drugs. You know, we have to um, pay close attention to um, the archonic influence on the planet. And when we're abusing substances in that way, we're actually attracting um, dark entities who will uh, latch onto us. And then we have to clean ourselves, clear ourselves of them, which is a whole process in and of itself. You know, if you raise your vibration high enough, um, there's no attachment possible. But um, more and more, especially with all the violence and the bloodshed and the um, the entertainment industry being polluted by these um, things, by violence and darkness, literally. I mean, if you turn on the TV any given night, um, you know, practically every channel is is full of. It's violence hard. in one form or another. Really so that's yeah. that's by design. That's not random. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hollywood um, is deliberately trying to lower the frequency um, of the average person. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they've been successfully doing that for a long time. Uh, not just Hollywood, but uh, governments and other... Right, uh, working together. Yes, right, to keep us down, to keep us down, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have to be kept down. So that's what, this is a really a fascinating time to be alive on Earth. We all chose to be here right now, and so we're absorbing it all. Some of us are getting lost in it, unfortunately, but some of us are are able to take a step back and just watch what's happening and not let it infiltrate us too much. It's really hard these days um, not to be, like, slightly down or not to be maybe uh, just, uh, I don't know if depressed is a heavy word, but maybe just feel a little slightly down down because we're really being kept away from each other that's so dangerous the fact that our government wants to keep us away from each other i understand the pandemic and the biology and the science behind all that i'm just talking about human beings are uh they they need each other we need each other we like to come together we like to be with each other, and now that's being taken away from us. And I, I really hope that soon we can get that back because if we continue to be kept away from each other, I think that's very dangerous. What do you think about that? I think that's true. We're tribal peoples, all of us, and um, we we do need to um, have the option to be in society even if we choose at times to go off by ourselves for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But the big fear right now for me anyway is children 
and how young people and 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 younger people, children, are being kept from um, interacting with their their friends, um, going to school, wearing a mask. Um, it's all communicating this fear and separation um, at a time when they should be learning social skills and, and negotiating with each other and playing games and learning um, in a way that uh, forms and forges the ability to um, cooperate. Yes. And maybe it took this extreme situation for many of us to realize how important it is. I know a lot of people love to, that. I know a lot of people who tell me I love to be alone, so this is not an issue for me. I'm like, well, you know, you really can't live successfully completely all on your own. You do need somebody somewhere at some point. Um, but most of us uh, do not like to be hermits. Uh, and so I believe that just like we individually have a higher self, we collectively, there's a collective higher self. And so a lot of things are being made very clear to us. It's almost like uh, I feel like um, America is having like this existential crisis and it's trying to figure out what does America stand for? What is an American? What does it mean to be an American? And what is America? I feel like we're figuring all of that out all over again right now. Well, America has presented a certain face to the world and a, a particular storyline, which is not accurate. America and American altruism only happens when there's a financial reason for it as we, you know, go around the globe and um, protect others and, and all of that. And I encourage people, if you're not familiar with it, to check out the playwright Harold Pinter's um, acceptance speech for the Nobel Prize in Literature in 2005, where he talks about American exceptionalism and in fact, what America is really all about. And until we, until we acknowledge, you're talking about, Sev, um, looking under the carpet, until we acknowledge the formation of America um, and, and certainly slavery and reparations for slavery are very important issues. But until we look at what we've done to Native Americans mm -hmm. and the fact that America was founded on um, sending the dregs of the population over to form a, a new uh, colony, to form colonies um, in the Americas, you know, uh, people, uh, the people who came over on the boats, um, you know, we're basically prisoners, indentured servants, religious radicals. You know, England was not exactly sending the creme de la creme of of the, their population to America to found a new country. Mm. So the Native Americans were faced with really talk about frequency, low level frequency people mm -hmm. um, getting off the boats. And we know this 
history has shown this to be true. You know, the Native Americans were deliberately given smallpox infected blankets so that they'd get sick and die. Mm. Um, Every single treaty that the Native Americans signed uh, with the United States or with the colonists moving forward, um, every single treaty was broken. Um, You know, Chief Red Cloud is famous for saying, you know, they, they, the only promise that, that was kept with the indigenous people was they said they'd take our land and they took it Um, time and time again, regardless of what was written down on paper. Mm -hmm. So um, we have to really take a good hard look at what we've done and what we continue to do, what continues to happen all around the country as the Bureau of Land Management is confiscating the land of others, you know, left and right uh, on on a regular basis as they're trying to, um, you know, completely control what we do uh, in in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your listeners who live around in the D.C., Washington, D.C. area, the National Museum of the American Indian is a fantastic museum. Uh, I cried through the whole thing, but it's still a fantastic museum, and I do urge that people go and look at that. Uh, we study a little bit about what we've done to the uh, American Indian in school, at least most of us do. But in, going through this museum, you just realize, my God, there's just so much information that's been kept from us. And there's just a way that we've treated another human being just because it, it's, it's a... Um, a type of a human being that we don't understand, we don't know anything about, the foreigners to us, and just the way we just slaughtered them and just treated them just in the most horrific ways. And we haven't done it just to American Indians. Human beings, we tend to do this to other human beings and to other animals. There's something within the human being at this particular moment that just inflicts pain on others uh, for 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 self-nourishment, uh, for um, self-advancement. Uh, this doesn't have to be. And so that's why raising our frequencies, when you do raise your frequency, you, you lose that desire to hurt another living being. You lose that desire. In fact, what happens when you raise your frequency is you become very empathetic to all living things animals, humans, the earth, everything. You lose your desire to kill anything. You lose your desire to inflict pain or to have control over anything. But, but Sev, what do you think is the key um, event or experience for a human being to have this realization? Is it suffering? To have the realization about increasing their frequency? About um, compassion, about where compassion begins. Um, generally, there's an event, uh, in a moment a real, of realization, which often comes from personal suffering and loss that allows someone to awaken to the suffering that others experience and the desire 
to alleviate suffering for them. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something, you know, that just occurs. Uh, generally, there's a, a spark, something that ignites that flame, that understanding, that um, higher knowledge, uh, whether you want to call it the Holy Spirit or um, the awakening of our oversoul. Mm-hmm. But there's generally an event, um, you know, oftentimes real enlightenment comes after a period of loss and suffering personally, mm-hmm. and that changes our perception and the eye and the eyes that we look out at the world change uh, as a result. Mm-hmm. And with that comes new knowledge and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so what sparks it can, is different for everybody. Some people are, are undergo a lot of suffering, but still, despite that, are still not empathetic towards animals or other human beings. Uh, so for each individual, it's it's a very different what uh, sparks their uh, desire to be empathetic towards all living beings. Um, I really can't say it's any one particular thing, and I also really don't know if if it really comes from one act of suffering. It, it could be something that's really uh, just as simple as, you know, I, I just don't, the way my life is right now is just not satisfactory to me right now. Like, this is not satisfactory. When I was a kid, I expected more. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought my life would be different, and it's not too late. Even that, even that, just that can spark empathy. Just beginning to realize, okay, this isn't good enough for me. What I've created for my life is not good enough for me anymore. I'm going to change it. How am I going to change it? I'm going to pay attention to my thoughts. I'm going to pay attention to what I exude. And then uh, it can be something that just kind of grows on you, this, this all of a sudden realizing, oh, my gosh, I should not be uh, killing cows to eat them. Why am I doing that? I don't need to do that. Uh, so uh, it could come from one specific uh, incident uh, where you're really undergoing some suffering, or it could just come from your just desire to go, okay, I'm going to be the most authentic me that I can possibly be, which means I have to honor my desires, which means I have to honor... Um, what makes me happy, and to and to follow that, and then uh, and then from there we start to gain more empathy. I personally think it could come either way. Yeah, I I agree. Everyone's path is unique um, and individual, um, but if someone is living a completely selfish and and self centered lifestyle and committed to service to self versus service to others or a balance between, I, I, it seems to me that there would be some trigger that would be needed to um, start yeah. this transformation. Right. Uh, I guess it just all depends on uh, uh, where you're putting your focus. And if you really are this, you know, raving narcissist, it very well could be that 
in order for you to, to make that transformation, it has to be something really in your face. It has to be something that really catches your attention. And maybe for others, it could be something a little bit more mild or subdued or not so in your face. For instance, uh, with my ET contact, uh, when I had the two X's put on my back, that was in my face, even though it was on my butt. It was like in my face, like I couldn't deny it anymore. My whole life I had been denying my ET contact, but those two red X's on my butt, uh, that was what I needed. That was like my wake-up call. I needed a serious wake-up call. Not everyone needs serious wake-up calls. Some people need really serious ones and some people don't. I needed something really serious because I was ignoring all their other messages. Everything else, all the other marks and bruises and and um, scooped skin and everything that they were doing on my body, all the, the conscious memories that I had of coming in contact with the ETs, I was still ignoring all of it, ignoring all of it, ignoring all of it. Uh, but my higher self wanted to make this transformation, so I needed something really loud and clear, and I got it. Not everyone needs a really loud and clear message, but when it came to me and accepting my ET involvement, I needed something super crazy and super loud and super in my face. Interesting. And from that moment forward, how have you used that to transform? Oh, well, I decided to use it, allow it to transform me because I had been on this path of authenticity. I've been wanting to be the most true version of myself I can possibly be uh, because I find that that is the path to fulfillment and peace. So I had been on that road for about a decade, and uh, on that road you have to face your obstacles and your hurdles. And finally I came to my ET hurdle. Uh, It was a big one. It's the one that I've been hiding under the rug. And so when I made myself move through it, face it, accept it, and I got help. I needed help, so I got help. Uh, and I also help experiences around the world, too. Uh, then my viewpoint changed uh, because as my frequency was increasing in dealing with this, um, I lost my victim vibe, or I started to lose my victim vibe because uh, my whole life I thought the ETs were out to get me and they were doing things to me, bad things to me. And that's because that was the viewpoint about my life in general. I was a victim. I chose to play the victim. I was in a couple of marriages where uh, it was abusive. And I'm like, oh, woe is me. You know, everyone is mean to me. Everyone is out to get me. And it wasn't until these two red X's um, appeared and then I chose to investigate why is this happening, what's going on, that I started to see, oh, my goodness, this whole victim narration is a complete false narrative that I have made up. I have made it up. The grades that put these two X's on me, they're not evil, they're not mean. They're helping me see that I need to take off my lenses of victimization. Once I started looking at the world without my glasses of victimization, yes, my life completely changed because I started to take personal um, responsibility for everything in my life and everyone in my life. And that's called power, personal power. And when you live through personal power, no one has control over you anymore. 
not your husband, not your lover, not your mother, nobody. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I can like say what I want, I can do what I want, I can be what I want without having to try to make all these people happy. Because as a victim, I was always trying to make everybody happy, which is impossible. So these two exes did so much for me in helping me tap into my personal power and to see that my level of contentment and fulfillment comes completely from within me, does not come from outside of me at all. It's so true. The only person who can make make you happy is you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. And it's cliche, but it's absolutely true. And we're learning that uh, because we have been socially conditioned not to do that. And some of us have decided, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not playing into that, that, that brainwashing anymore. I'm going to turn my eyes inward. I'm going to tap into the, that part of me uh, that, um, that makes me feel safe to be me. It is totally okay to be me, to say what I want, do what I want, dress what I want, whatever, whatever I want, totally okay. We're all equally valuable. Uh, my weirdness is valuable. Your weirdness is valuable. We're just the way we are is good. Even if you don't even want to go on the path of authenticity or raise your frequency, even if you don't want to do that, that's okay too. Oh, yeah, self-acceptance. Um, your own self-acceptance, our own self-acceptance is feeding the collective um, in a valuable way, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people are focused on societal change. I'm focused on individual change. I really think we're going to get societal change through individual change. And that's why I spend all my time and making videos and writing and, and talking about individual change. I think that's true. I think even, um, you know, the, the, the balance of light and dark, um, for everyone on the planet will happen through individual um, knowledge and choice and yeah, self-discovery. It's, it's not easy. Uh, so it, that's why I really encourage people to get help. Uh, if you're an experiencer and you need help, you can contact me through my website, planetsev.com. I offer help for experiencers because uh, when you come in contact with an ET, that is not by accident. There is a really good reason why that happened. Let's figure out why, because it is for your benefit. Um, And um, besides the uh, ET experiencer work that I do, I I also do soul sessions with clients. Uh, They are uh, intuitive readings uh, to help people uh, tap into their purpose uh, and uh, also to, the readings are kind of like uh, a road map to finding personal peace and, and happiness. Uh, and, you know, as I, I'm doing, every reading that I do for a client is a reading for me too. And so I've had thousands and thousands and thousands of readings, and I've, I've been honored enough to uh, uh, absorb this information that comes through for each client. Uh, and and there's, there's 
there's messages, uh, messages that keep coming through again and again and again and again that have to do with losing your victimization. You are, you are not under the, the way you feel is not going to, does not need to be determined by someone else. Uh, love yourself, honor yourself. You know how many of my clients don't engage in hobbies? Many. Oh, really? What do they do mostly? Watch TV. Read yeah. Book, go on the computer. They're not engaged in hobbies. Engaging in a hobby is showing yourself love. It is so important to do these things. So some of my readings are information on, okay, let's get you doing your hobbies again. This is sad to me. Uh, everyone should be engaged in a hobby. Find the time to do that. We don't find the time to do that. We don't think it's important. But, my God, it's imperative. It's imperative. Because when you're engaged in your hobby, you are time stops. You know what it's like. Yeah, and your creativity is being um, utilized as opposed to being passive in front of the television or the computer. Yes, and this is invigorating for all the cells in your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Mm -hmm. absolutely. When we're creative, we're connecting with the divine, and um, that is a major form of activation on all levels. Yeah, it's um, DNA activation. You know, there's yeah. parts of our DNA that our science doesn't even know about. We have multidimensional DNA, and it's through the act of creation, creating, uh, engaging in hobbies, that we activate different parts of our DNA, which raises... Very the- true. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Well, this is fascinating, Sev, and what is on the horizon for you um, how, how frequently do you do your um, uh, series on Alien Spirit TV? Uh, that's a good question. So Alien Spirit TV, I have several videos on there now. I kind of took a little bit of a break. I feel like this year, 2020, um, I've been taking some time for myself because uh, just the vibrations, you know, swirling around us. uh also ended a five-year relationship at the end of December. So I took some time just for myself to just to think and uh, ponder and uh, try to keep my, my personal frequency high. So I haven't, I didn't do videos uh, for several months, but I am starting to do them back up. Uh, this this uh, series I was telling you about, 10 Ways to Activate Your Ascension, I've done part one, which is what do you hear, because these ten ways, five of them are going to have to do with outward stimuli, which involve your senses, and then the other five have to do with inward stimuli. So the next video I'm going to make is part two uh, about uh, how to activate your ascension or how to raise your frequency. I'm also going to work on doing, uh, turning my book into an audio book uh, with me narrating it, uh, and I, I might start a podcast. I had a podcast before, uh, but then I was like, well, I think I enjoy doing the videos more than the podcast, but now I'm kind of toying with doing a podcast again, but just having a really short one, super, super short podcast, uh, just asking for questions and answering a question or two. Uh, I know that because of the Internet and um, 
many of us have really short attention spans. <laughs> so I'm going to try and create things that are short. <laughs> sometimes I can't, but sometimes I can. Well, I think that sounds great, actually. Thank you. And uh, I really enjoy speaking at conferences, whether they're in person or online. A lot of conferences are online now, uh, so I always welcome those opportunities. And I love hearing from experiencers from around the world. You can contact me privately through my website, planetsev.com, and I'll respond and uh, help you uh, understand why it happened and how it can benefit you. That's great. Well, Sev, um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Mia. I would like to thank you for everything that you do. Uh, You and I were talking earlier about how you're not really out there. You're not on Facebook. You're not on Instagram. You know, you're not always putting yourself in front of our faces. Uh, And yet, you've accomplished so much. And you're doing so much for us. For people who don't even know who you are, you're working for them. And so I thank you for everything that you do. Oh, it's my it's my pleasure. I really enjoy my work, and um, it's 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 tremendous for me to see the way things are coming together, um, mm-hmm. which I think will um, benefit other people and the planet and. Uh, animals, my true loves yeah. are the animals. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really my pleasure. It what's it's what brings me happiness. Mm-hmm. And we can feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. That's great to know. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. thank you. Well, thank you again, and we will have all your contact information up um, with this interview for people to get in touch with you. Um, as well. So it's been my pleasure, Sev. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. 